The Art of Relationships radio show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Dzinski, or The Art of Relationships. Thank you. Welcome to The Art of Relationships radio show. Greg has been a relationships expert guest host on numerous radio shows. He promises that this show is for you and to help listeners become more fulfilled, healthier, and happier in your relationships and lives. Licensed relationship and sex counselor Greg Dzinski, the Art of Relationships radio show, will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy, plus help in reigniting the passion in your romantic relationships. He also welcomes live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. No more tit-for-tat arguments. Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a rapid, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and grow happier. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan. To others, he's simply known as Master G. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Greg Dzinski, as you heard, licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, relationship and sex specialist. How's everybody doing on this Monday evening here in the metro Detroit? It's just 9.01 and hopefully we will not lose power. I think we got some thunder, lightning, some storms going on now that the weather report is over. Welcome. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. And we're coming from my office in Mount Clements, Michigan, Metro Detroit area. Yeah, baby. Everybody write this number down. You can give me a call. Five eight six two one two four one nine six. Again, five eight six two one two four one nine six. And like I said, topic of the show doesn't matter. You can call me in with any questions you have. You can also listen live on the Art of Relationships Radio Show's own phone app. That's for both. Android and Apple mobile devices. And if you're using the app or even Spreaker's app, you can join me on live chat too. And you can throw out your questions, comments, insights on that as well. Remember, everything is anonymous. If you want me to verbalize your name, you give me permission. I will not ask or you know, notify or broadcast your name whatsoever. As with my private practice with clients, confidentiality is of utmost importance. So I respect your privacy, and no one's going to know who you are, especially if you call in. I won't even ask your name like I mentioned on numerous shows. I'm not being disrespectful by not asking. It's for your own privacy. Okay, tonight we are going to talk about desire. Now, I talk about kicking up desire, kicking up the passion in your relationship. What This is going to be a little bit different take. And like I mentioned in the title and I posted on Facebook that, you know, it's desire, not 
what you think. How many people out there looks at, you know, that love and desire, they go hand in hand? I'm all about that, and I try to get couples, of course, to go that route and to look at that. And it sort of, a long following of mine, um, Esther Pearl, P-E-R-E-L, huge, um, I would say, sex therapist out of New York. She grew up in Belgium, freaking talks uh, nine different languages, I think. Um, Very intelligent lady based out of New York City now, I think. She's been all all over the place. Uh, I know you know her. And um, doing some research, you know, I've known, I haven't known her personally. I've known of her work for quite some time. And one thing we both advocate is when it comes to desire, we talk about the separateness between you know, the relationship in your own identity. And you've heard me mention on numerous, numerous shows that I am huge on um, working on incorporating the work on the South, right? Building up each individual plus the relationship. So at the same time, I'm working at, you know, improving the individual self-esteem, uh, maybe self-worth, you know, confidence, all those aspects, being the person you want to be at the same time with the relationship. And what this does is what we're going to talk about tonight is you hold on to your own desire, passion, that all comes back, right? And there's a, a comment, a quote by uh, Esther Pearl that I want to touch on, and it cracks me up. You know, she does have a sense of humor, too, which is really cool. It's like, you know, why, you know, why does it, you know, sex makes babies, but babies kill sex, right? (laughs) Is there some truth to that? You know, sex makes babies, but babies kill sex because you're not sleeping. They're always crying, pooping, changing their diapers, whatever, right? They're little, um... Energy vampires, if you will. And I'm not bashing kids or anything like that. Um, But, you know, it's sort of funny she brought that up, you know, that sex makes babies, but babies kill sex. And there's some truth to that. And a lot of people we hit on, you know, everyone wants to feel loved, um, secure in a relationship. But if you look at some aspects, you know, if you're secure with somebody, which is a great thing, emotionally secure, what happens is, you know, do you get bored in a relationship? And I talked on, you know, other shows about that. You know, when sex becomes boring, I always hit on the emotional connection. Now, that's the first thing I go after is the emotional connection. However, you know, when you're first starting you know, dating in a relationship, you know, desire's kicking, you guys want it all the time, then you're married a year, two years, three years, five years, you're like, eh, we'll have sex, right? F you, yeah, that's our sex. You know, the desire dwindles, and I'm a huge advocate on promoting that you have desire, you have an active sex life forever, right? Until you guys die, and The other aspect I mentioned on, you know, I totally go against societal BS propaganda that you're supposed to be okay 
with, you know, sex, passion, desire dwindling, that it dies, right? It, you know, and more ebbs and flows, but most people in society say, oh, you need to be okay. You know, you're married a long time. You need to be okay with the passion, desire, freaking going down the toilet. I'm going to tell you again, as I did many times before, I think that's a bunch of BS. And you can work on triggering those elements where they don't happen. So I want to get a little bit of maybe off-the-wall aspects with desire, and it's not what you think, right? So you look at what creates, why do women go after the bad boys, right, the bad guys or whatever? Why do um, people that beg, oh, please go out with me, please go out with me, right? It's pathetic, and you've heard me say it numerous radio shows before. You don't beg or plead to have sex. You don't beg or plead for someone to go out with you, right? That's sort of, if you look at those elements, right, that's not creating desire. It's pathetic. It ruins passion. Plus, the other person's going to think, like I mentioned, you're pathetic. It doesn't even desire the the chemistry stern to even go any further, right? Because... It's almost, not that it's too easy, it's safe. And if you're safe and if you're stable, what does that do for the desire elements in your relationship? And maybe that's when boredom kicks up a little bit. And what can you do to establish it? And what do you do when you look at the elements that you know, desire. Everyone says you have to love each other, right? And I'm all for that, right? But what triggers the desire? And there's a big um, paradigm, if you will, right? Everyone assumes, you know, love and desire are the same things, right? And with Esther Pearl mentions this, and I was, uh, you know, a huge advocate. I even, I thought about this before, you know, I came up or come across her work years ago in that, you know, you love someone, desire should automatically be there, right? Everybody assumes that, that the desire, you love somebody, you feel safe, secure, the desire should automatically be there. You shouldn't have to do anything. As soon as you love each other, you adore each other, desire should be there. Not necessarily so. With the desire, what happens, right, that... Do you create what? Surprise. Do you create mystery? Do you create any adventure in your life? And the more you sell yourself out, you've heard me mention this many times before as well. Seem like I'm repeating myself, and it's a broken record. But you look at the elements um, that... When you sell yourself out, right, you start changing and not being you. You start giving up your wants, your needs, your desires. Maybe your life goes because you're married now, because you love somebody. And what happens? You start losing respect for yourself. And also, by losing that, that element, losing yourself, this is what I refer to that it's a desire killer. And this is why I work with individuals in creating, you know, a strength as an individual at the same time 
strengthening or increasing the love and the passion, all that in the relationship, right? So, you know, one thing that, you know, hits on with love, what do you, what do you get from love? We all want it, and I promote it, right? I want love. I want to feel in love. But I also want the desire and the passion. I want it all. I'm selfish, right? I'm a selfish asshole. I want it. Oh, <laughs> I want the love, I want the end love, and I want the desire there as well. And how many people you predict, you know, not only when you have sex, but what about your weekly, daily routines? You know, there's a difference when I mention, right, uh, a hug from an embrace. When you come home, you greet each other. Oh, hi, miss you. The routine peck on the cheek, and the elements are... Um, oh, sorry. I got distracted by a chat. <laughs> My man, Av, from Wednesday night down at RRX is joining a little bit, too. Um, so, sorry about that. Um, with desire, you look at, you know, do you crave somebody? What What's it take when you look at somebody and you crave somebody? Do you ever look at when you first started, you know, date? Forget dating. Say you're in a damn store, a bar, any element, and you kick it up and you see somebody and you just freaking crave to rip their damn clothes off. You don't care what they like, meaning, you know, who their favorite music is, what their favorite drink is. You don't care if they like art, if they like anything else. And, ah, foo, mention, what is the difference between lust and desire? To be honest with you, foo, I don't think there is a difference. My contemplation here, or my theory is that you can have lust and desire in a loving relationship. And that's what we talk about. Some people, when you get so comfortable in a relationship, everything, the security that we get, get from relationships and that we want love and the stability. And even, you know, I mentioned this a few shows ago about predictability, that there's some things that make us feel safe. Everybody assumes predictability is a boring thing. In love, it's not. With desire, it can be, and it can kill desire and passion, or as you said, Fu, about the lust aspect, right? So lust and desire can go, they go hand in hand. I think they're one or the same, but you can still have that in a loving, committed relationship. And that's what I try to promote for a lifetime, right? Not just a week, not just for, you know, a weekend or anything up or anything else. I can't even talk. It's Monday. <laughs> we're, and we're looking at, you know, what's it take? The predictability in the safety, in the security, and stability, and, you know, knowing that your partner's going to come home every night after work, or you both are coming home after work, and you both love each other, right? We need that to feel life, uh, loved and in a committed relationship. I'm all about that. But those very things, the safety, the security, can also kill desire. Or, as Fu mentioned, the lust for one another, because it's almost, you know, if you think about it, getting to know somebody, right, it could be exciting, right? You want to know everything about them, what their favorite position is, what their 
likes are, what their favorite wine is, beer is, food is, color, shit, anything, type of clothing, favorite maybe vacation spot, um, whatever, right? It's exciting. It's intriguing. So what happens when you think you know everything about your partner, right? What happened? You get bored. You get mundane. You get lazy. And you stop forgetting about the foundations that trigger the lust, the desire for your partner, right? And, you know, you look about this and how many people, we talk about this, and I say, you know, in a essence, and I need to clarify this, it, uh, you know, Facebook, my blog, I always talked about I want people to be best friends and lovers all rolled into one. However, being best friends, does that kill desire? How many people out there have best friends and want to do them, right? Unless you're a lesbian or maybe gay, whatever, you're into that. And, you know, but, you know, being best friends, that sort of, it keeps the friend zone. And I know we talked about the friend zone aspect uh, on a Wednesday episode, too, with the uh, Av helping me out down there at Raw Radio X on my Wednesday night show. We talked about, you know, being in the friend zone. And that's part of, you have security, you trust that they're going to be there, right? That's the best friend element that we want. But at the same time, that safety, that predictability sort of kills the lustful desire and the chemistry that we crave, right? Foo, I agree. I think you can never know everything about your partner. You should always be growing. I agree. We evolve. We grow. But are there some things, and it's funny. When we talk about the desire, what what do you desire about your partner? Maybe not what you desire, but what do you lust? What do you crave? When do you get the horning the the horny horniness? Oh my god, I apologize people, I can't even talk. When do you get, you know, really horny, really wanting to devour your partner sexually? Think about this. When do those times occur? I want you to think deep about this, right? And this is one element that I highly agree with. Like I mentioned, I want to give props to, you know, Esther Pearl. Um, you know, huge props for the work she's done. And this is one thing I actually agree with her on is that, you know, it's funny. When do we want somebody and we desire them, right? It cracks me up because... Most people, when there is, I'm not going to say, I can't say all, but most people, when there's an affair happening, it's ironic how the other partner that got cheated on, right, all of a sudden, he or she, her sex drive kicks up a lot. Why is that, right? You think someone cheated on you. You think it would be the opposite, right? Why does it kick up? You think about it, right? What other aspects? And I'm going to come back to this in a minute, right? With affairs. You look at it. You get back together as an extra. It's almost you renewed again. You're renewed virgins again to each other. And you can't, you crave each other. The one very thing that tends to, 
you know, maybe killed and caused the affair, lack of desire, lack of, you know, sex, lack of passion, that might be one thing that killed the, you know, relationship and maybe not killed it, but put it in hiatus and caused the affair. And now once the affair happens, that desire, that passion comes back, right? And all of a sudden you got cheated on and all of a sudden you're horny. You want to give it up as much as possible. And you're like, where the hell was this? If this was there, the affair never would have happened, right? And you're looking at this. Why is this? And I'm going to ask this question again. When do you get the horniness for your partner? When are you the most horny for your partner, right? And this is not gender bias by any means. This is men, you know, men, women, doesn't matter sexual orientation, doesn't matter whatsoever. Like I said, my application strategies, I, I, I want them to work for everybody. Um, I mean, they're tailored to everybody, might be a better word. I don't do a cookie cutter approach. You know, I don't do one size fits all, not at all. Um, but the way I frame it, the way I work it, it, it applies to everybody, regardless of sexual orientation or anything, with the, the passion and desire. When... Going back to the affair situation, right? And all of a sudden, you're getting back together. You love each other. And all of a sudden, a person that was betrayed, yeah, there are some that don't want to have, have sex, don't want to be touched, kissed. I, I get that. And I, I'm very, very empathetic, you know, with that. But the ones that, you know, I see them, they're getting back together. I see them one time, maybe twice and also they come in they're all giggly all this stuff and you think everything's fine oh my god they're having sex greg oh my god the sex has never been so great we feel so connected thank you very much and i'm like ooh, this is the honeymoon phase and i want to guard against you know this just being a crash course at getting back together right and i want to look at you look at why is this happening and it, it's ironic why does our son, the person that got cheated on, is our son turned on, more sexual, more horny, more passionate than they were before, right? And what else? And the question, going back, you know, a couple minutes ago, I apologize for the brain farts this evening. Going back a little bit ago, you look at, you know, when I asked, what it, when is it that you desire your partner the most? Where you just want to rip their clothes off, devour them, right? Is it when they are maybe shining? Maybe when they're getting attention? Maybe you're going to a presentation or whatever, and they are, you know, they're getting the attention. Isn't it funny when someone is paying your partner attention you tend to get more horny. You might get jealous, but that jealousy kicks up the desire, or as Fu mentioned, kicks up the lust aspects as well. No, I do not want, you know, I, I don't want you guys playing games, so I'm going to see how many guys can be attracted to me if I'm a woman or vice versa, you know, a woman if I'm a man, how many women I can get to flirt with me and all this stuff. But it's ironic 
It takes these elements to kick up the desire, the passion in your relationship. It's part of that mystery. It's part of the surprise. It's part of the, the adventure and the fun that is required to kick up the desire elements, right? Why is it, right? Because maybe you're challenged, right? Maybe, I don't, I'm not in the game, but maybe you're challenged for your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. Maybe someone else is paying them attention. Now, oh, oh my God, something kicks in and it makes me want them more. Or if you have someone that's a musician or sings or whatever, you know, you see them on stage and it could be a little dive bar, doesn't matter. You know, maybe they're not big, big time, but they're singing uh, at a bar, playing music. And it's funny how awesome, damn, I want them so much. It's funny how... Those elements kick up the desire, right? And it's not just the love elements, right, that go into it. It's something else that triggers the desire and passion. And that's what I want to hit on more about tonight, okay? So I'm going to come back, take a little break in a bit, and I'm going to be back in a few minutes. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. And please write the number down. You can call me live, 586-212-4196. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a few moments after this break. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Daddy, who your daddy? Who your daddy? Come on, Baker. Tell me who your daddy is. Come on. Who's your daddy? 
I've been thinking in my mind Unless I'm in front of a crowd Shouting into a mic And I'm naked We're back. This is the Art of Relationships Radio Show, and this is your host, Greg Dzinski, licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, relationship and sex specialist, also known as Master G, a code name given to me by a group 
out of Connecticut, PPRN Radio, long, oh my God, it's been over a year ago, I think, at least a year and a half ago, actually it had to be a year and a half ago, almost two years um, since I've known them. Actually, the first song uh, on the radio, I want to give props to Rev Right Time, that was Who's Your Daddy? And the last song you just heard was Get a Little Bit Closer by Skyway Traffic. I always want to give them props, heads up, Metro Detroit Talents. And you check them out on YouTube and Reverb Nation again, Skyway Traffic and Rev Right Time. And we're talking about desire. And maybe it's not what you think. You know, everyone assumes, and I'm all about that, right? I try to get... The love, the desire, the passion, all rolled into one one nice little package that can last you a lifetime. That's my pride at work, if you will, my ego or why I do the work I do um, to find purpose in that. But a lot of people are maybe mistaken about what keeps desire going. The more, you know, you, the love aspects, you know, the safety, the security, the trust and the respect, those are all aspects you know with the friendship and everything else but in reality do those create desire right when you think of safety when you think of security aspects does that that might signify love but does it really trigger the desire that you guys want and my premise is or theory and it has been for oh god forever and falls right in line with esther pearl's you know work to give her a lot of credit most of the credit, I should say, with this. And it comes up to where, you know, as you maintain your own individual aspect, that the passion, the desire is going to kick up, right? It's going to maintain. It's going to be there. Yes, relationships have and flow, but the passion desire is going to be there more than in the past. It's going to get it back because when your own individuality shines through, and you allow that to come through, not only that, right, maybe you can be more playful, right? And who doesn't love that, right? Do you love the playfulness, you know, the tickle fights? Do you joke around more? And you think about it. I mean, the question I asked, you know, long before the break is, when you desire, when you want to rip the clothes off of your partner, desire, and uh, as Fu mentioned a while ago, that... Um, you know, when, when was the element that, uh, creates a desire, creates your mood? What triggers those moods? You know, when you're horny, when you're lustful and desiring your partner the most, what is going on, right? What the hell is going on? And I, I talked about this before the break, you know, a lot of times it, you know, it's funny when someone's flirting with your partner, right? You get jealous, but it also kicks up a little bit of maybe animalistic challenge going on. Oh my God, you're so freaking hot. I'm mad because other guys are flirting with you, but it kicks up the the juices, the desire, right? And I mentioned about, you know, not to hit on, you know, or bash, you know, with the fair aspect, but the other person, you know, after a certain moment, they become more horny, they become more passionate, more desire, and you're looking at, God, if you were only this way, you know, before, the affair wouldn't have happened, and it's not condoning or excusing affairs at all. I'm looking at how desire kicks up 
everything else, right? And you look at part of desire and the lust aspect is also eroticism, right? And in eroticism and desire, right, when you're feeling free to be you, right, your playfulness, maybe being more confident in yourself, and what if your partner allows you, I wouldn't say allow, now we're like in a control freak, you know, like, hey, what's up, you're my bitch, you know, (laughs) not at all, not a control aspect, not allows, but maybe encourage you, I like that word better, encourages you and accepts you for who you are, accepts you, your individual aspects to who you are, right? That usually kicks up the desire and the passion, as well. So what does that mean? When most people, not again, not all, most people, when they're confined and the relationship is their only essence, right? They depend on each other so much, right? They need to feel safe so much with each other in their relationship. Almost like uh, being dependent, codependent, if you will, on each other. Almost the desire, the passion almost dies because almost you're thinking you're pathetic and you're thinking your partner's pathetic and a relationship is pathetic. Yeah, we need each other, but there's no room to breathe. Just like a fire, right? We need that oxygen to feed that fire. We need that space. We need the oxygen to rush in with the relationship and that creates the passion and everything else. We are off tomorrow, so every time you say aspects, we drink. What? You lost me. Every time you say aspects, we drink. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> drinking. I, I got a new drinking game. Thanks, Foo. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I'm going to instill alcoholism. Oh, not at all. Okay. So remember this aspect, eroticism, the space You guys need space for your own identity. Not only that, it creates, like I said, the air so you guys can breathe together, right? How many times I come across, I'm not going to get into bashing or whatever, but you have a stay-at-home mom, right? You have a stay-at-home mom, watch us kids. It's a hard work, a lot of work. I get that. And... The, say, proverbial, the husband goes off to work and all this stuff, interacts with other people, maybe customers, maybe other representatives, coworkers, whatever. And the wife's whole essence is wrapped around and dependent upon the kids, right? Her whole identity is the kids. She gets smothered as an individual, right? Her individual a- aspect gets dwindled away. Her dreams, her goals, desires might uh, incorporate it all gets funneled to the kids. And you're wondering why, you know, the husband comes home and all of a sudden there's no passion, no desire from her at all because she lost herself. You know, when she, it's funny. When she gets invigorated with more, maybe gets a hobby, maybe drops the kids off at a relative's or gets a sitter or um, daycare, and I'm all about quality daycare too, you need that Space. You need that space to breathe. You become more alive. When you feel more alive, the desire comes back and the passion comes back, right? The eroticism, right? And I talk about not only, you know, the love, the predictability and the safety and the security that a secure relationship and, 
you know, endures, and I'm all about that. However, within that mix, that safety, you've got to kick up the mystery, the surprising. Uh, what do you do? When was the last time you think about, even if you have the kids, when was the last time, you know, someone's getting ready in the bathroom? You went in there and freaking just gave him a blowjob. Or you guys just had sex. Oh, my God, but the kids might hear us. So what? You know, it's the mystery. It's the surprise. It's the adventure, the fun. When you bring these things up and incorporate it in maybe not necessarily your everyday life, but, you know, it's there more times than not. You create your own confidence level by willing to try these things, to have a little bit of venture, to not always be safe and it's funny i mentioned before the at the very beginning of the show i talk about you know women going after bad boys right or guys me right going after the bad girls the sluts oh baby i love them anyways <laughs> you know they're free to be themselves they don't care what anyone thinks maybe you know i don't want anyone being disrespectful but they they do what they want to do right what within reason they do what they want to do and we're desired because we see so much life in them right just like the women doing the bad boys that you know they're not with society's status they're not you know trying to fall in line with some you know family element that you know the pride we got to do this we got to do that they are their own thing they are their own identity be it right or wrong and that kicks up desire. So when you look at those elements, and part of those is, you know, speaking your, speaking your own mind, having your own opinion, and not tolerating someone shutting you down, shutting you up, that you can speak your mind and not talking over you, that you are able to listen with each other, okay? So, you know, just like the desire, lust, and eroticism, they all go hand in hand with each other. And... The aspect of it that I think a lot of people lose is uh, the imagination, okay? Walk out of the shower and she was getting ready in front of the mirror and shazam, it's on. See, Chip Foo, that is so freaking hot. And I'm glad you and Foo Foo, I call her Foo now, <laughs> Princess Foo, I call her Foo Foo. It sounds like a freaking old lady poodle. No disrespect, fool. <laughs> but you're looking at, <laughs> um, but you look at the elements to where you know the surprise and the animalistic aspects come in. Oh no, we can't because the kid kids are around. Kids might hear us. Oh my god, we can't do that because oh my god, it's lunchtime. It, it's it's ten in the morning. We can't have sex. Oh my god, it's four. Four, it's almost dinner time. We can't have sex. We become so complacent, so predictable, and so freaking safe. <laughs> Food juice. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and you look at, you know, when we become so safe, we don't take risks. When we take risks, you know, you think about even when you're younger, right, and say teenagers, whenever your first sexual experience was, Typically, most first sexual experience were what? They were in a car, right? Right, wrong, whatever. But you didn't really care. It was exciting. It was new. And you were taking a risk, right? Oh, my God, my parents can't get caught. Or maybe you're at 
her house as a teenager. She's at yours. And oh my God, we got to, oh my God, oh my God, my parents are home early, right? My mom's home early, whatever. You were going to kick up, uh, you know, those elements. It's the risk taken. It creates the desire and it flushes the eroticism. It flushes, you know, the lust, as Fu mentioned before, um, to the surface. And that is hot. So if you incorporate not feeling safe or being able to take risks all the time, and I talk about, you know, enacting all the fantasies, um, you know, before, and do you incorporate, like I said, even though you don't spend that much time together, can you incorporate you know, new fantasies. Do you ask the sexual questions? I think was the episode I mentioned on. Even though you've been together for a while, oh, I know all his fantasies. Do we evolve new fantasies? Hell to the yes. And if one person, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, that's all you think about is sex. That's all this, whatever. You're going to shut down, and guess what happens? You lose that sensation to take um, that risk. You lose that risk factor. You lose the surprise. You lose the mystery, right, behind that. And you wonder why, what happens when it dies. And you're looking at, what do you do as yourself? Are you too safe? Are you afraid to take risks? Um, are you afraid or, you know, are you prim and proper all the time where, oh, my God, we can't do this. The kid might hear us that you can let go. And you know how hot it is? And it, it's just, uh, you know, past experience, whatever. It's so hot when ladies are able to take a risk, and they don't. They say, I don't care. I want you. And it doesn't matter if people are around or want, Greg. I want you. That is so freaking hot. It's the surprise, the mystery, just the carnal knowledge, like we talked about earlier, you know, what's the difference between lust and desire? I think they're the same freaking thing, right? But I want to incorporate that in a loving relationship too. But what are you doing to jazz it up a little bit and to be able to take risks? Do you flirtatious? You know, do you grab each other's ass in public, right? When you're walking down, who cares who sees it? You know, I don't want, you know, we talk about having sex on the beach in Florida and a couple might go to prison because of it. What a bunch of prudes, but, um, you know, I don't want you to get thrown in jail or anything like that, but you look at the elements, you know, what are you doing um, to create that jealous? Oh, hey, my buddy Av, you're back. And the mention, yes, they do. I can tell you stories, uh, Av, big time. Um, yes, they do. They act that way. I mentioned about the balcony act aspect, I think, on a show when uh, we were online together at uh, Raw Radio X a uh, couple of Wednesdays ago, I think. Maybe it was a balcony. I think I mentioned, you know, it, it's freaking like 8 o'clock. Uh, they're still, you know, light out, people walking and <laughs> trying to be quiet. There's that risque sort of, oh, be quiet, oh, sort of fun in it juices it up and there are women out there but you know that's what i mentioned before on numerous shows the difference between a girl and a woman and a man 
and a boy, you know, maybe you can take risks. What are you doing where you don't always have to care what everybody thinks, what everybody's going to see, what they're going to hear, and everything else? There's some fun to it, right? And people that went away for college and dorms and all this stuff, you know, they're freaking having sex. Not that I recommend it, but, you know, they might have two couples having sex in the same room next to each other. They don't care. They're focused. There's some risque, some fun to it that um, that risk of element and the surprise and the the nastiness, the dirtiness to, oh boy, it triggers your juices and even kicks up the passion and desire even more so, okay? So hopefully everybody, you know, gets it. What would it take for you to kick it up in your relationship and, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit of an edge to you as an individual. You have an edge. You don't be safe all the time, always waiting for the right time, the right moment. Oh, my God, the kids, we got to wait till the kids are in bed at nine. Then we got to, oh, my God, we got to make sure they're asleep. You know, we can't do anything. You know, we got to make sure they're asleep, 9, 30, 10. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, you're waiting, anticipating. But after a while, it gets old, right? It becomes boring. The pa- passion and the chemistry die because one or maybe both of you are always looking at the perfect element. Oh, my God. We always have to have that in love feeling. We also have to feel so emotionally connected. I'm all about that, being emotionally connected. But, you know, what are you doing to jazz it up? And it's funny. How many people, t- I said that a lot tonight too. It's funny, right? Uh, I should say aspects so foo and uh, chip foo can drink again. So I just said aspect. There's two of them. <laughs> you look at the element. When? You know, how many people love makeup sex, right? Why? You, you're ripping at each other. You're calling each other names. You know, why do people like makeup sex? Oops, sorry, I had to get a drink. <clears throat> sorry. Um, but why do people like makeup sex, right? Because the juices are flowing, the passion. You're holding on your own. You're getting an argument. You're maybe fight. I don't promote arguing, fighting, whatever. But makeup sex, they say makeup sex is the best. When I teach human sexuality, I get couples in here. Greg, we got in this argument. Oh, my God, we were doing so great. You know, we haven't seen you in a couple weeks, a month. You know, we're doing so great. Then we got in an argument. It was pretty bad, too. And I'm like, oh, you know, how'd you guys handle it? And they giggle. And I'm like, what? Nice. Uh, don't tell me. And they, yeah, the makeup sex was great. <laughs> or uh, grunt, yeah, grunge sex, <laughs> as Chip Fu mentioned. You look at the elements, you know, why is that? You're When you're mad at each other, but yet it's the most passionate desire, raw eroticism, and it's fucking hot. Why? This triggers, you know, a lot of years of research. And looking in this element, people, all these aspects to what kickers kicks up the desire. And when I mention, I repeat myself, but it's so important to where you maintain your own identity as a person at the same time, you know, identify the relationship that that's important too, right? The more you maintain your own individuality, You know, you can have more mystery, more, you know, surprises, right, that can kick up more imagination. Don't let the relationship or anyone stymie your imagination, your, 
you know, essence of a person, right? I'm all about that. My mention, you know, when is it, you know, that you desire to partner? It's usually when they're grabbing the attention. When someone else is flirting with them, you know, it causes a fight and all this stuff. And then you have the wham, bam, the passionate makeup sex. Or, you know, you get more horny. It's funny. You don't want sex, you know, the desire, passion, chemistry. You're always tired. You're always tired. But the moment someone else wants your partner, right? Oh, my God, all of a sudden you're horny and all this stuff. Now do you understand about the, the essence of the desire and what it takes? Oh, Chip Fu, shut up and take it. I don't want to hear you talk. Just scream. <laughs> Chip Fu, you're right. Yeah, Just shut up and take it like a woman, right? <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to be called an uh, unprofessional pig. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe at times I am a little bit unprofessional. But, again, the way I present myself on the radio, uh, I want to. You know, in my office, I do show a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy for the people I help, okay? So it's a little bit of smart-assness, and, but in my practice, I use, you know, when it's appropriate, I, I do joke, I think it brings out and makes a safe environment for everybody to open up and get to the real issues right away. But I'm also very uh, compassionate and very empathetic for the people I help because a lot of people are in a lot of pain, and that is no joking matter by any means, okay? So going back to, oh, thanks. Hey, Chip Fu, are you flirting with me? You just said I'm awesome, G. I hope you're not flirting with me. I don't roll that way. I'm sorry, big guy. (laughs) I tell everybody I'm 200% lesbian, right? I love women. No. (laughs) You look at at the old boy, how unprofessional. You look at the elements, you know, to kick up the desire, excuse me, and the passion. You know, why is it that it takes makeup sex to be so passionate and so animalistic? Oh, thanks, foo. Um... I want to be very helpful. Thank you so much. I'm very flattered by that. And, you know, all the, I don't know, compliments, all the, I'm going to start blushing and crying. All the compliments, all the, you know, kind remarks, text messages, emails I get from, you know, clients, from couples, from individuals I get, um, I'm flattered. I'm very humbled. I never will get arrogant. I'll stay cocky, <laughs> but I'll never, I'll never get arrogant. I get humbled, and I want to keep doing a better job at helping people and learning um, those elements, okay? Now, everyone goes, oh, go back to being a cocky smartass right now. Greg, you're boring us, right? You're killing the desire. You're killing the passion, right? <clears throat> okay. Also with desire, eroticism, and lust, right, Foo? You mentioned that a long, at the beginning of the show. Eroticism, desire, and lust. What do those things have in common? When you desire, say, that $100,000 car, but you only can afford $1,500, what, what does that desire do, right? That desire, it's almost like the premise of Buddhists about desire creates suffering but when desire right desire lust eroticism it's all about wanting right 
It's all about wanting. When you lust and desire somebody, you know, when the makeup sucks, God, I want you so bad. I just want to rip your damn clothes off right now and lick you all over. I want you to come all over me. You right when I'm licking you, just squirt me in the face, right? <laughs> you you look at those aspects, it's because you want somebody, you want that person so freaking much, right? There's a difference. When you feel needy, ooh. When you feel you lose your identity, and those people out there, like I you know, mentioned numerous shows and also today, the about when I think I mentioned it earlier beginning of the show about being dependent or codependent on somebody, that that desire, that dies and that kills. When you feel you need somebody to make you happy, you need them to put you in a good mood, you need them, do you understand? That kills desire. So the more you want somebody, what would it take for you to want your partner more, to want your wife, to want your girlfriend, boyfriend, to want your partner. And, you know, like I said, this applies to heterosexual, lesbian, bisexual relationships. It doesn't matter. What if you feel like that all the time? Is that not bad? Foo, that's not bad at all. Like I mentioned to you on numerous shows before, you need to bottle it up. You need to sell that shit because Actually, I think the husbands would, uh, or boyfriends would buy it all and freaking drug their girlfriends with it. You need to bottle that all up. There is a difference. But you look at, you know, Foo, what is your husband doing to create that desire and passion that is, is it the fear of losing him? Is it that, uh, you know, maybe he's doing his own thing? Look at, you know, you look at, when is it? You know, women, it's funny. Guys could be out, you know, all sweaty, right? They work and women get turned on by that. Guys could be, they're not, they're doing their own thing, maybe working in the yard, digging ditches, you know, building shit, getting all sweaty and all this stuff. And it's funny, women don't care. They want to freaking take their tool belt off. and Well, actually, take their tool belt off and play with their tool. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? It's funny, when we're in our element, it's when people desire us the most. Our element could be, uh, you know, at sports, like I mentioned about musicians. Whatever it is, giving a speech, teaching, whatever our element might be, when we shine, it's funny how that kicks up desire. Because it's almost like other people are drawn to us, maybe attracted to us, maybe not chemistry, sexually, whatever, but other people are paying us attention, and that sort of triggers that desire, the eroticism, the lust in our partner again. It's funny. So the trigger that and uh, line up those elements. I want you to look at, you know, what can you do to almost sort of be in awe of your partner, but also look at, you know what? Yeah, they're awesome. They look hot. I love the way they move, the way they walk, the way they talk to somebody on the phone, the way they freaking, you know, manipulate people. You know, I don't want anyone manipulating anyone, but you get my gist. You know, the way they're playing the guitars, the way they're at karaoke, the way they joke around and make people laugh, the way they just draw, whatever it is, right? Maybe they're highly intelligent, you know? They got an IQ... uh, Super high IQ and their intelligence is a huge turn on. You know, when they're in that element, it's all that triggers that desire and the passion, right? It's not always about 
the security, the stability, and the predictability that a lot of relationships have. We need that aspect too. We need those three elements, you know, or security slash safety, emotional safety. We talk, we need all those, but to create the desire and to enliven and to shaken up the desire and the passion, we need the mystery, the surprise. We need to be able to take a risk. Oh my God, let's go parking tonight, right? <laughs> let's, uh, oh my God, when was the last time we had sex in the car? When was the last time you gave me a blowjob in the car while we're driving down the road, you know, and rush hour traffic? You know, oh my God, someone might see who gives a shit. Oh, wait. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the back of my uh, trailblazer. I got my uh, whatever vinyl lettering with the uh, art of relationships. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's all I need. Hey, people be calling. Oh, yeah, I saw what you did or what was going on with you <laughs> driving down the road the other day. I got your number. <laughs> Number website email. I'm sending you pictures. I took pictures of it. I'll be saying, "Oh shit!" At least I practice what I preach, right? <laughs> oh boy, I need a drink. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know, you shake up those elements and take a risk. And what would it take? Oh my God, we got to be so safe. We got to be so precise. We need to be in the perfect mood to have sex. You know, I got to be feeling perfect. I got to do this. I got to do that. Whatever. So what? You need to shake it up a little bit. Put a little mystery. Put a little bit of adventure. And what everybody needs as far as adventure, fun, mystery, and surprise, again, you know, everything I do, it's very individualized, right? What might be, uh, what might be, you know, adventurous to one person might not be so. It doesn't matter. It, it's about your relationship and you as an individual and your partner, right? Everybody's different. Um, yeah, Av, it does sound good. A drink, yeah. Actually, I don't drink enough. <clears throat> yeah, someone stole my beer in the re- Someone stole my damn beer in the damn... Uh, studio <laughs> no i expected that <laughs> <laughs> remember you said don't worry about what others think do your thing greg just like you tell oh hell yes i do right it's just that willing partner <laughs> oh i will enjoy my drink for you Ab and greg <laughs> oh. her legs up on the dash with no bottoms what the hell See, you guys always get me riled up and get me all horned up, guys. You guys crack me up. Oh, Dirty Blonde Beer. Yeah, that's what I brought to the studio my first night at uh, rawradiox.com in Detroit. I brought uh, a six-pack of the Atwater Dirty Blonde, and that was the beer I was talking about that uh, I didn't expect it to be there. It would have got scarfed down, (laughs) which it did. So... But kick it up, and you look at uh, the elements to entice the desire, you know. What would it take for you to do a risk, you know. Oh, I got to feel safe. I always got to have the lights on. Oh, turn the lights off. It's too light in here. You might see me. Take a freaking risk, and that's going to kick up the desire, the passion even more, right? We talk about, oh, it is very good beer. Oh, Speaking of beer, I, I got Atwater. I don't know if you're into this, people. I haven't tried it yet. I've tried the 
Samuel Adams, uh, Cherry Wheat. Now, Atwater come out with it, too, so I got to try that. We'll give, yeah, I'm all about giving props to Michigan beers and wines. So I got to try. I got it in my fridge, and I haven't tried one yet, so I need that. I might have to bring, I might have to bring that down Wednesday night, Ab, so when we're on, when we're on live down there at Raw Radio X. So, um, damn, where was I? Oh, we need to take a little breather, okay? I'm going to take a little breather, give my uh, mouth, my throat a little rest, and we'll be back in a few minutes. This is the Art of Relationships Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Remember, write the number down after the break. Give me a call. I want to hear you know, your questions, anything I can do to help you out, and any you know, concerns, comments you have. I, I, the show is for you. And like I said, I'm not. I'm very empathetic, very sympathetic, and compassionate. You know about you. The show I joke around a lot, but with your issues, I will never, uh, never joke around. I take them very seriously. So call in. It's anonymous five eight six two one two four one nine six. And I'll be back in a few minutes. This is the Art of Relationships radio show if you're looking for that unique cool fashion statement check out shoes by shay on facebook she has hand painted a hand designed canvas shoes for you your loved one it's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste check out shoes by shay on facebook again that's shoes by shay on facebook
This is just another song you'll never hear about a girl I've never met. This is just another life whispered in your ear, so you'll think that I can make it. This is just another ride taken by surprise with no clear end in sight. This is just an empty line you've heard a million times that I've used to make it right. A chance meeting in a parking lot. Getting high off of a pointless talk You remind me of the songs I used to fall asleep to Send a message through the radio. 
Hey everybody, that was Skyway Traffic. Just another song you'll never hear. The one before that was Rev Right Time, Well Wisher. Both, both terrific uh, Metro Detroit talents. Check them out, Reverb Nation, uh, Facebook, and also on YouTube, Skyway Traffic and Rev Right Time. And we're... Huh, it is into, actually, it's almost 10.15. Sweet. Okay, we're talking about desire and throughout the show, different ways of holding on to your own individuality because that kicks up huge, the desire elements, right? You're maintaining your own sense of self. And you also, what else about that sustains desire, eroticism, and lust in all that aspect is, you know, the novelty aspect. Not, I'm not talking trapeze actions, you know, whips and chains and all that, but I'm talking about the novelty. Like I said, you know, it's not all about the sexual positions. It is about um, curiosity. It's about imagination. It is about, remember I said about the surprise elements. Maybe you're driving down the road. Hey, you know what? Why don't we go get it on in a parking lot? Uh, and now you're going <laughs> to freaking get pulled over and freaking cops come up to you. Well, Greg Dzinski said we should do this. <laughs> don't give me your ticket. But a little, you know, to spice it up a little bit, the novelty is about the surprise, the mystery elements that comes up. All these elements I talked about, um, you know, taking a risk, doing something, maintaining your sense of self, these all sustain the desire, eroticism, and the lust in your relationship. And it cracks me up because a lot of people, you know, mention, oh, my God, I can't lust my wife. I can't lust my husband. Fuck that. I think we need to, right? I want to be lusted, right? I want to be lusted. I want, you know, I want to have that desire and that lust with each other. And it feels good that somebody wants us that freaking much. And not only that, in the context about being in a long-term relationship, you know, or a marriage, right, that it is um, that we love and we have the safety and secure, but we also mix it up and we have fun with it, that it's all that element rolled into one. And that's what I, I premise on all my shows in my work with my couples and everything about sustaining the desire, the eroticism, to shake it up a little bit, maintain your sense of self, right? And there's also a little element I bring up is about a little sheet I give up is that, um, you know, what do you do, you know, about turning on your desires and turning them off, right? There's a sheet I give out couples, you know what? It basically is it. I turn myself on, right? Blah, 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 whatever it is. When I think about this, when I think about him, when I think about her, when he's like, you know, whatever, when I feel loved, whatever it is. And it's funny how much the desire, eroticism, and lust is, right? imagination it's in our minds so how can we use that to incorporate that to keep the lust and keep the desire burning in our relationships right especially in long term i talk about you know beginning a show about the oxygen the separation with us that we each have our own identity we each have our own life we have our interests we have our you know maybe different friends we go out with each other that we need that space now 
does every couple need that to maintain desire, passion, chemistry? Not at all. You know, I've had couples before, they don't, what do they like to do? Sit on a couch, watch TV, take the dogs for a walk. They don't, they, that's what they want. They're homebodies, and they're fine with that, right? This is for most people, not all, but most, that you create your own identity, identity, who you are as a person, plus you're comfortable with yourself, right? And you can eliminate, you know, how do I turn myself on? Oh, when I talk myself in, my kid's been, you know, a pain in the butt today. I had a bad day at work. Oh, I can't be turned on because of this. Oh, I'm tired, right? Oh, I have all this work to do. I had to, there's so many things we talk ourselves into that kill the desire, the lust in the passion that is, it's annoying, right? And I get it. I understand the dynamics of the relationships and the sexual desire and the lust between couples um, and what kills it and trying to get them to realize and to buy in, the more they feel free as a person, the more they feel free within the relationship, the more the desire and the passion will kick up and come back, right? So you look at that. You mix both, you know, autonomy, independence, and togetherness all in one. We all need this balance, or I should say most of us need this balance. And what happens? Someone comes across, you know, needy, being needy. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to be this. You're doing this. You're doing that. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, my God, almost like a Klingon, right? <laughs> Not from Star Trek, but, you know, always needy, overly needy. It's a big turnoff, and it's almost like their energy zaps you, and it's a turn off, right? Okay. Now, we talk about there was a where the heck did I see that? Um, about foreplay, and I love this. Foreplay starts at the end of the last orgasm. Think about this for a minute. You know, part of desire and passion, when you get your partner off, okay, reach orgasms, whatever, get them off, and their toes are curling, freaking eyes rolling in the back of their head, freaking their almost choking on their tongue because their tongue's going mad, almost swallowing it. <laughs> no, I don't want anyone to die. You know, they're all clenched looking freaking like they're all catatonic, whatever, and they're all cramped up from a massive orgasm, right? Ah, <laughs> how many people want that? I do, I do. But <laughs> you look at the elements of uh, after that, what happens, right? You know, what do you do? to keep that passion, that desire going after the last orgasm, right? What do you do to flirt, to play around? Do you turn into that, right? And it's fun. There's a difference between okay sex and great, passionate sex. And like I mentioned before, it's funny how many people say the best sex is makeup sex because the passion Every, you're holding on to yourself, so maybe arguing back and forth, and it just jars the animalistic. I just want you, and I want to ravage you, want to devour you. And you look at that. That's holding on to your own self. During an argument and all this, I get that, and I don't want anyone to fight. <laughs> you know, oh, Greg said we should fight and argue because we can have makeup sex. <laughs> Why can't you have the makeup sex without the argument? Can you have that passion? That's the premise, what I'm trying to get at. Can you have that identity and have that essence of the makeup sex without the arguing and fighting? 
Can you do that, right? And when we're parents, you know, in a relationship, we have a house, we have cars, bills, right? We have to be responsible. And how, when I talked about the risk-taking uh, and the mystery and the surprise and, you know, interrelating that, integrating all those elements into your relationship is, you know, that the responsibility kills desire passion i'm not saying don't pay your bills don't lose your heart i'm not saying that but i'm saying you know taking a risk once in a while can you you know like i said so what if the kids are awake lock yourself in the bathroom lock yourself in the bedroom can you you know do surprise stuff oh my god you know we're gonna talk you guys leave us alone and get it on you know be surprised do Mystery. Oh, my God, we can't, right? We're responsible. That might ruin our kids for life. Screw that. It won't ruin your kids for life, okay? You need to make desire happen. Don't wait for it. Now, a lot of people wait for desire to kick that up, okay? They kick it up. They wait for it to happen instead of making it happen. So what are you doing to integrate you know, the mystery, the jazz, the, the spiciness, if you will, in a relationship. You know, do you come home from work and is your husband freaking naked? Or maybe are you naked? Have you ever come home and found your partner? When was the last time you found them fucking naked coming home? You think about that. Oh, my God, we got kids. Yeah, I don't want the kids. You don't walk around naked with the kids, whatever. You, then you will ruin them for life, right? Though I have nightmares. Oh, my God, I saw Mommy. Then you go to school and you have CPS knocking on the door. What's this? You're walking around totally naked and you're a kid? <laughs> no. <laughs> Try to answer that. Ew, bully. <laughs> no. But, you know, if the kid's around, maybe get the, a sitter for the kids somewhere. Take them to a relative's, whatever. And then... Freaking get all naked when your husband or wife comes home walking in the door. When was the last time you have done that, right? You get naked walking in the shower, but one day, talking about surprise and mystery, you walk in, oh, my God, I had a shitty, what shitty day? This is phenomenal. So much for a shitty damn work, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And how many people are afraid to take the risk? Oh, my God. I got to make sure she's in the perfect mood. She's not upset. She doesn't have a headache doesn't have a sore stomach, doesn't have this, oh, my God, that she's not stressed out, or, I mean, oh, my God, I got to make sure he's, you're always making sure everything's perfect. If I have to make sure everything is perfect, that kills desire and passion in me, and I'm speaking from, I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm speaking for me as an individual. Forget about the professional now. In me, the counselor, I'm speaking me as a man, as an individual. If I always have to, oh, my God, you know, always oh, got a headache, got back sore, stomach sore, stressed out about this, I always have to make sure everything's perfect before I can make a move or whatever, that ain't going to happen. That's going to kill desire, and chances are that situation, you know what, it's not going to last that long. You need to make desire happen. You need to go after it. Even if you take a risk and you get shot down, maybe they aren't in the mood, whatever. Get it. Get a hold of yourself. Don't take that too personally. You know, we all are exhausted at times, tired, not feeling good. We, we, I get that. But if it becomes a normal habit, right, then you're not going to try. You're like, what's the use? I'm trying to be surprising. I'm trying to jack it up all the time. But I'm hearing, 
you know, oh my God, got a headache. He had a bad day at work. You know, he's stressed about finances. She's stressed about the kids, whatever it is. And pretty soon all these elements that you're stressed, worried about, they kill desire and passion. Okay. So kick it up. What's it going to do for you to take a risk in your life in this area? Got it? Okay. Remember, lust, eroticism, desire, they can be separate from that in love feeling. It's just, it's so much better when you are in love with somebody. But what happens, you know, and I want people to be in love. I'm not saying that at all. But when you love somebody and in love, that doesn't necessarily mean the desire and passion will be there and stay there. You need to keep it going and look at what do you do to shake it up a little bit and to kick it up a little bit and come out of your comfort zone to take a risk, to be risk factor, right? I'm all about that. Like I suggested, when was the last time you were naked? Oh, God. Okay, Chip Fu. <laughs> so I'll put this. Uh, Fu wants me in the bedroom naked, stroking my cock when she gets home from work. Oh, God. You know what, Fu? Um, I, I don't even know what the hell I'm going to say about that. I might need some help from Ab. <laughs> hey, Rhonda, you got any comment for that? <laughs> oh, Rhonda does. Where'd it go? <laughs> I thought I thought Rhonda just said no. <laughs> that would be hot. <laughs> that would be a turn on. She said, "I guess Rhonda did jump." Thanks for uh, helping me <laughs> helping me out with that. You know what? Uh, you know, I I would love that. No, I'm stroke. You know, freaking. You know. Touching, grab my cock, you know, waiting for her naked in the bed, and oh my god, that would turn her right on, and all, you know, coming in the house. Oh. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Do you have to be doing that? I just got home. You know what? That would never happen again, right? If they believe, oh, my God, I'd love to. Hold on a sec. I got to go to the bathroom, man. Don't stop. That would be hot. Now, if they come out, oh, my God, and they totally belittle and shut you down for something like that, just like for getting naked, you know, coming home and you're naked. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's all you think about. You know what? We're in the wrong relationship, and I'm not going to be in that situation whatsoever. You know what? I'm going to be adios amigos and get out of there. Yes, Rhonda, then jump in and suck his cock. Rhonda, that's so fucking hot. Okay, so so much for the swearing. I was going to reduce a little bit. But, <laughs> or get the vibrator out and join him. Oh, my God, you ladies are driving me nuts. Huh. See, Ab, if you're listening, <laughs> still listening to the show, there are uh, a lot, of, there's more women than you think out there um, that are uh, very uh, expressive sexually, which I'm all about, and that is freaking phenomenal, Okay. I is 10.28. I'm going to knock off uh, early instead of 11 o'clock. I apologize, people. I'm going to read. Um, I got this. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Esther Pearl, P-E-R-E-L. And, you know, there's a book. This book come out in 07 or something like that. It's called Mating and Captivity and talks about desire and elements and uh, a lot of my stuff, even though it's a different maybe strategy or format, 
it relates. They relate highly, highly together. And she's an awesome woman, very highly intelligent. But uh, one of her websites a long time ago, I come up with this, and uh, Mexican essayist Octavio Paz, if anybody heard of him, doesn't matter, had written, okay, this poem. Eroticism is the poetry of the body, the testimony of the senses. Like a poem, it is not linear. It meanders and twists back on itself. Shows us we do not see, or it shows us what we do not see with our eyes, but in the eyes of our spirit. Eroticism reveals to us another world inside this world. The senses become servants of the imagination. And let us see the invisible and hear the inaudible. So you think about those elements. When I talk about the, you know, trying to get the, you know, mental, soulful, you know, heart and body connection, the total connection. That's what my book coming out hopefully by the end of July, I keep saying it, um, you know, that's what it's all going to incorporate and it's going to kick up the desire, passion, get everything together and hopefully help a lot of people. Oh, okay. So you read, you know, that poem, Octavio Paz, P-A-Z, uh, look it up. And it's called, you know, eroticism. And it's a cool, and look at that. How can you incorporate that? And would you want to feel this and a desire and a passion in your own relationship, right? How many people would love that? There's not too many people. Well, there are people out there. You know what? I'm comfy. I'm safe. I, I don't want to, uh, yeah. And chances are you're going to have a dead relationship, and you're going to wonder why, you know, your relationship has problems, right? Hmm. Kick up that desire. Kick it up right? Shake it up. Take a risk. Get the mystery. Get the surprise going. Show up naked in your living room when your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend shows up, <laughs> you know, when they show up, man. When was the last time you done that? When was the last time you got oral sex in the car? You know what? I don't know if a girl might be able to get oral sex. Not while the guy's driving, though, because he might end up crashing. Yeah, officer, I had my, couldn't see what I was doing. I had my uh, head buried uh, in her lap. <laughs> no, I want you safe. Don't end up killing each other or anything else, okay? Um, make sure you check out Reverb Nation and YouTube. Like I said, Skyway Traffic and Rev Right Time. I always play their music. Metro Detroit talent and trying to help them out as well you can find me at theartofrelationships.org the radio show is the same theartofrelationshipsradioshow.org i'm all over facebook uh mostly under greg dzinski d-u-d-z-i-n-s-k-i so hit me up check me out on there you can send me text always always taking suggestions for radio show topics, or even questions you want me to answer uh, for you even privately, send me an email, you know, give me a call, send me a private message on Facebook if you want to be discreet and private. Um, or I can, you know, I ask, uh, I'll ask the questions or cover your questions without giving your name on the air to on the radio show. It, not only is it helping you, I'm sure it'll be helping a lot of other people out as well, okay? Well, thank you for listening this Monday evening. 
I appreciate it very, very much. I'm very flattered uh, to be able to hold your attention for a little bit. Um, that means a lot. Much love to everybody out there. Be safe. And I will be on with Avenue, actually, from RawRadioX.com in Detroit City, Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Usual start time, Monday and Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Thanks again, people. Much love. Take care. Peace out. The Art of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Tuzinski, or the Art of Relationships.